Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. This is the Lord's Gin. We're here to make you guys, uh, guys and girls, UFC fighters, ultimate faithful Catholics. My partner, Terry, is out doing some apostolic work. We have a great show today. But before we start, I just want to remind you that the month of November, which we're at the tail end of it, it's still the month dedicated to the holy souls. So don't forget to pray your daily rosary for your your dead family members. And remember that they can pray for you if they're in purgatory, but they can't pray for themselves. Psalm 116 verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. There's several family members of of mine that have passed away in the month of November. Uh, Alvia Escobar, uh, my Tio Juani, and, uh, and my cousin Lupe Sanchez. Eternal rest granted to all these people and everybody out there who has a deceased family member in November. And let your perpetual light shine upon them. May their soul rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Also, you can support the show by sharing the full link at vmpr.org, vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMP Radio, VMP Radio, at VMP Radio. We've also got a YouTube channel called Full Sheen Ahead. You can share us with your friends and evangelize everyone you love. Okay. I'm reporting for duty. Let me just mention some things that are happening here nationally, locally. Then we'll get to the gospel reading of the day. Then we've got a great interview with my friend, Michael Hitchborn from the Lepanto Institute. He's done a deep dive into the uh, the bishop's campaign for uh, the Catholic campaign for human development. Michael Hitchborn calls it the bishop's campaign for moral devastation. So up next, we'll be talking with Michael Hitchborn about the CCHD. What is it and what are they doing with our money? But first of all, I want to mention that there's uh, two Arizona election boards delay the vote certification as the Arizona Attorney General is demanding a full report from the Maricopa County. That's where I live at, Maricopa County uh, in, in Arizona. I guess uh, some people are calling it the uh, uh, the Maricorrupt County, Maricorruption County. I hope that's not the case. But the election officials in Arizona's Cochise County and Mojave Counties are delaying vote certification after the state's Republican Attorney General ordered scandal-plagued Maricopa County to submit a full report on how it handled the election. Also, the people have spoken. Elon Musk announces mass amnesty for most banned Twitter accounts after he took a poll. And so he's reinstating most of the people that have been banned from Twitter. Elon Musk is right. The mainstream media journalists are not arbiters of truth. According to media elites, whether or not something is truthful or trustworthy depends more on who is saying it rather than on what is being said. Elon Musk said, quote, you represent the problem, journalists who think they are the only source of legitimate information. 
That's the big lie, close quote. That is what Elon Musk wrote on Twitter the other day, and it perfectly encapsulates the attitude of mainstream media journalists who consider themselves the arbiters of truth. Also, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIHI, and he's also the chief medical director to uh, unelected President Joe Biden. He used his last appearance at the White House to encourage people to get COVID-19 booster shots. Here's what Dr. Fauci said, quote, close, Please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Close quote. Well, guess what? It's not going to happen. At least half of the country, their eyes are wide open. And uh, and we know that there's something fishy in Denmark with this whole COVID-19 bo- shots and boosters. Also, a Detroit TV star returns to Catholicism. Chuck Gaidika, a well-known Detroit TV personality and non-denominational pastor, recently announced that he's returning to Catholicism. Praise God. He recalled that after speaking to a Catholic gathering at an interfaith event years ago, an older woman approached him. She took his hand, grabbed his forearm, and looked at him and said, you have to come back to the Catholic Church. And guess what? He answered the call. You know, sometimes people don't need apologetics answers or an argument. Sometimes people just need an invitation. And apparently this, uh, you know, this Detroit TV personality and, and, and uh, you know, this well-known uh, non-denominational pastor, all he needed was a Catholic to look at him eye to eye and say, hey, we want you back in the church. Come back home. So, again, as Catholics, that's, that's why we have to know our faith And in order to know your faith, you have to study your faith, and then we have to share our faith. The Catholic faith is something that we have to live. It's something that we have to take to the public square. Don't be ashamed. It's, uh, you know, too many Catholics are undercover, or too many Catholics, I think they think they're part of the witness protection program. Get out, knock it off. Get out there in the public square. Be vocal, be public, be charitable. Don't be a jerk. But uh, stand up for Jesus in the public square. Don't be ashamed. Let me share with you today's gospel in the Novus Ordo Mass. It was today's Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 to 11. It says, When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion approached him and appealed to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion said in reply, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. By the way, that uh, that's the prayer that's uh, that's in the Latin mass. And it's also the Novus Ordo mass right before Holy Communion. It goes on to say, for I too am subject to authority with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come here, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, 
Amen, I say to you, and no one in Israel have I found such faith. Did you hear what our Lord just said? He said that this Gentile soldier, the centurion soldier, has more faith than any Jew in Israel. That's a remarkable statement. Why did he say that? He says, I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. Here's a couple of verses that jump out at me in today's gospel. Let me do a little bit of Lexio Divina here. In verse 5, the, the word centurion jumps out at me. A centurion was a Roman military commander of about 100 soldiers. So he was a big shot. And the emphasis in, this, in today's gospel, it falls... It, it, it falls on his ethnic identity. He's a Gentile who has faith in Jesus. He's not part of the, the covenant people of God. But according to St. Luke, he was, he was a fair man. He was favorable to, Jew, to the Jewish nation. And in fact, he was responsible for building a synagogue in Capernaum, according to the prior verse in Luke chapter 7, verse 5. Also, another verse jumps out at me. Verse 8, where, where he says, the centurion says, Lord, I am not worthy. Again, this is what we take in the liturgy. We say this before we receive Holy Communion in preparation to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. But going back historically to this centurion, this demonstrates the great faith and humility. And you know why Jesus marveled at this man? Because of the virtue that he had. He was displaying such virtue for being a Gentile, who was not part of the Old Testament people of God. And now these words are adapted to the Roman liturgy for us as Catholics before we receive Holy Communion. Here's another verse that jumps out at me, where it talks about our Lord sat at the table. Our Lord sat at the table. This harkens back to, to an Old Testament promise of a great feast that's going to accompany the Messianic age in, in Isaiah chapter 25 verse 6 and 9, and our Lord talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus Christ here, he's hinting at the universal spread of the gospel to all nations in the church. And he names these three Old Testament patriarchs. They're linked with God's covenant in the Old Testament, this oath to Abraham, that all nations would eventually share his blessings, and we now share the blessings through the New Testament covenant, the eternal covenant with Jesus Christ, who, of course, is the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My name is Jess Romero. We're going to have Michael Hitchborn on next. We want to talk about a whole lot of things that he's been investigating, very important information that we as Catholics need to know about the, capital, uh, the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. I like the way Michael calls it. The Bishop's Campaign for Moral Devastation. Don't go anywhere. I've got a lot of questions to ask him about his in-depth investigation into the CCHD. We'll be right back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We've got Michael Hitchborn from the Lepanto Institute. Welcome, Michael, to the show. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome, Mike. 
Good to hear you, Jesse. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Hey, you've been busy the last couple of months. You've been working your knuckles raw. You're, <laughs> I, I tell people, I said, man, if Michael Hitchborn, if he if he perceives something dirty about you, uh, there's two guys that I wouldn't want to upset in the Catholic world: Michael Hitchborn and Christine Niles. <laughs> if you're doing if you're doing something dirty and you're a Catholic. Boy, oh boy, if these guys are on your trail, uh, you're toast. Mike, you've been working on on a, on a long report on the CCHD. Uh, you probably got tons of information to share with us. First of all, who is the CCHD? And uh, tell us about this report that you've accumulated, and where can people get a copy of this report? Absolutely. So... The Catholic Campaign for Human Development was started in 1971. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary last year. Uh, It was created by a Monsignor Jack Egan, who was a very close friend of Saul Alinsky. And of course, everybody knows who Saul Alinsky is uh, from Hillary Clinton fame and Barack Obama fame, et cetera, et cetera. Um, The thing about the CCHD, it was created specifically to finance Saul Alinsky's community organizing groups. And uh, it, it was first a collection that was taken up in Chicago when um, Archbishop Bernardin was uh, the, I believe he was the secretary to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. A very and, cool man. Yes. So when the uh, collection was first taken up uh, in Chicago, it was such a roaring success that Jack Egan went to Bernardin and said, hey maybe we ought to take this up as a national collection. So Bernardin mm-hmm. bumped it up the, uh, the chain of command and said, you know what, we could probably collect a good bit of money through, through a campaign like this. And they took up the collection and it was the single largest collection the Catholic church had ever uh, participated in. Uh, so, and again, where did the money go? It went to Saul Alinsky and his community organizing groups. And what are they? There are a bunch of socialist agitators that are built around the idea of class warfare. That's all they do. If you read Saul Alinsky's books, Rules for Radicals and, and Reveille for Radicals, both of those books are built around the idea that the, the ends justifies the means and that the, uh, the only important thing is to perpetuate tension between the haves and the have-nots. Uh, because ev- it, ultimately what happens is if you're a have-not, and you force the haves to give to you, then you become the have, and they become the have-nots. So then you have a switch of roles where they start lobbying against you, and and so you get perpetual class warfare. That's what the CCHD is built around. For decades, various researchers have been looking into the CCHD and and looking into who they're giving money to. Uh, So what I have been doing for the last 10 years is really standing on, on their shoulders, um, people like uh, Stephanie Block and Paul Acutis and, and the Wanderer magazine have been looking into the CCHD, uh, Matthew Vadim over at uh, Capital Research Center. They've been revealing what the CCHD has been, been funding uh, since the early 80s. Mike, how are, they when, re- how are they related to the Catholic Church? Are they a subdivision of the USCCB? Are they they're a branch of the USCCB? Yes. So the, ca- the Catholic Campaign for Human Development is the official okay. anti-poverty program of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Mm. So they got their hands on, it, on anything social justice. Uh, they've got their hands on it, right? 
Oh, without a doubt. And, and the thing is, so they, they give money to organizations for basic community organizing, but they, the, uh, the various issues that they are, are addressing are things like uh, um, inequality or uh, wage compensation. <clears throat> Read that as, as uh, mm. uh, an, an attempt to bump up the, uh, the minimum wage and that kind of thing. Uh, housing inequity. Uh, and what we found with a lot of the housing inequity organizations, what they're talking about is trying to make sure that LGBTQ individuals and couples are able to force renters to rent to them uh, and to not be uh, removed from the situation when it is revealed that they are engaged in LGBTQ activities, which, you know, that, that plays right into the, the conscience rights of, of the property owner. So, you know, it's, there, there are a lot of layers to this, but the bottom line is in this report that we put together, what we did is we took the, the How list. Get a copy? How can people get a copy of it, by the way? If they go to our website, it's right there on the front page, okay. uh, lepantoin.org. That's where they can find this report. Um, but we back in, in, I think it was March, the USCCB released their most recent um, grants list of the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. It's, I think it's about 214 organizations uh, that got funding from the USCCB uh, to the tune of, a, of around $11.5 million. We went through all 214 organizations, <laughs> examined them thoroughly. We looked through the activities of their leadership. We looked through news reports regarding what these organizations were doing. We looked at their partnerships, their, their uh, relationships with other coalitions and that kind of thing to see what it is that they're promoting, what are they engaged in, what are their activities, what are their, their ideologies. And what we found is that one third of the 214 organizations are in some way engaged in the promotion of abortion, contraception, homosexuality, Marxism, and even uh, the occult in a couple of cases. So it's, uh, it's pretty egregious. You know what, what, something, Mike, that I've, I've seen recently when the last, you know, post-Vatican II, post-1965, I've seen that little by little, social justice has replaced evangelization. I mean, evangelization is something that was taught to us uh, in the Great Commission by our Lord Jesus Christ. Go out and make disciples of all nations and baptize. But we've, but in the last 60 years, it seems like evangelization... Br- the salvation of souls has taken a back seat to social justice. To me, it seems like these bishops have a hor- more of a horizontal view of Christianity. They've forgotten the vertical view that, first of all, it's love of God first. Then it's love of neighbor. Uh, it, it, it seems like the church is, is on a horizontal plane right now. One of the most famous uh, or, or most favorite passages of scripture that these social justice warriors and the, and the bishops behind them like to quote to me is the Beatitudes. And they say, well, Jesus saw that, that the, the multitude was hungry and he took pity on them and he fed them. Um, and then he gave them Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit and all that kind of stuff. And I said, yes, but look at the pattern that he created. He created the paradigm for social action that you're not following he fed them and then he preached to them you're exempting (laughs) yourselves from part two 
That's not charity. That's called philanthropy. <laughs> philanthropy and charity are not the same thing. Mike, you know what? I, I think you've uncovered the fact that what's going on inside the Catholic Church, there's a guerrilla warfare there's, you know, going on inside the, the American Catholic Church. And uh, a lot of our church leaders are part of it. Uh, they're, they're, they're part of the Alinskyite, you know, branch of the, of, of, of the Democrat Party. And, and I say that, it reminds me of a F- Father Richard John Newhouse, rest in peace. I remember I re- read an article that he wrote. He, he called the USCCB the Democrat Party at prayer. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty good description right now. Oh, with, yeah, without doubt. Uh, it's funny. There was a, um, an article in American Magazine that I read just this afternoon by uh, Jade Henricks, who used to be the, um, the director for government activities or government lobbying or whatever at the USCCB. And he said, you know, when we went to lobby on the Hill, all the Democrats thought that we were in the pocket of the Republicans and all the Republicans thought that we were basically Democrats with uh, Democrats at prayer. And he said, but really, we were just Catholic kind of thing, you know, and it's just it it was so cringeworthy. But what's funny is that he then went through because he was responding to uh, Bishop Stowe. Uh, Bishop Stowe had said something about how, oh, well, the USCCB is turning into this right wing thing. And he said, do you realize (laughs) that we have all of these offices with all of these subcommittees committed to immigration, committed to social justice, committed to the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, committed to international justice and peace? And he said, we have one person doing pro-life activities one and when you start to weigh the amount of staff that they have committed to social justice which you know read it for what it is socialism at prayer um yeah you go and and then you compare it with the fact that they have one person committed to pro-life activities it really shows that this is not an entity that that is committed to right wing activities not Hmm. in the least yeah, far from it. You know, it reminds me of Fulton Sheen uh, in, in this one video that's on the on YouTube. He says that Judas the betrayer was a patron saint of social justice because mm-hmm. he cared more about humanity but ignored the truth about God. And that's that's pretty much where we're at right now. Well, I've been saying for a long time that what the uh, USCCB, what Catholic Relief Services, what the Campaign for Human Development does, they feed bellies and starve souls. Mm. Well put, well put. There's a lot of organizations that you wrote about. Ezekiel Project, you talked about New Labor, Brand Workers, Push Buffalo, Chicago Workers Collaborative. Uh, I mean, there's a, you, you outed a lot of organizations. Pioneer Valley Project. Is it a fair statement to say that all of these organizations are, are, are being... Uh, they're receiving money from the CCHD and they're pushing culture of death issues, contraception, abortion, LGBT ideology. They're pushing these issues that are that are sinful, that are that are outside. of Again, we would call them in, in Catholicism, uh, you know, the seven deadly sins or the sins that cry to uh, the scream to God for vengeance. But the CCHD, they're funding these organizations and they have to know 
what they're doing with their money, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, there's no way they don't know what's going on unless they're being you've willfully. Them. You've ignorant. told them, right? Uh, well, yes, I have. Uh, in fact, I, I had a series of meetings with them between 2009 and 2012. I sat down with them at that time going page after page after page over all of the information that we had collected on these organizations. And all I ever got were excuses as to why it was okay for the CCHD to continue funding these groups. And it was, yeah, it was patently absurd. And what we find is that repeatedly over and over, these organizations continue to receive funding from the CCHD, regardless of what we find. One organization that uh, it's, it's an overall network called Faith in Action. And Faith in Action, formally this year. Mike, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to hard break. We'll be right back. Jess Romero with Michael Hitchborn talking about the CCHD. Uh, we've got more to come. Stick around. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back with the most... Uh, uh, Michael Hitchborn is the... Uh, the Scotland Yards detective of the Catholic Church. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, him and Christine Niles, boy, oh boy, when when they got a scent for something and you're dirty, you're in trouble. <laughs> We're talking about the CCHD. This is uh, very sad, the infiltration in the Catholic Church, but it's nothing new. We know about it, and it's God's permissive will. God allows is allowing this to happen. Uh, so that the church can be purified, and he's allowing this. Uh, this is part of the great apostasy that St. Paul spoke about to the Thessalonians. So these are things that uh, <clears throat> that are predicted in the scriptures that, that we would have bad shepherds. Matthew seven fifteen, uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. They spoke repeatedly about bad shepherds in their day and age, and uh, we seem to have kind of a double whammy, Mike. We have we, we're like John the Baptist right now. John the Baptist had wicked political leaders in his day and age, and he had wicked spiritual leaders. Well, guess what? Check both boxes because we're living under the same regime. Absolutely. Um, I was talking about uh, Faith in Action. And, and the reason I want to pick on this group for a second, Faith in Action is a network organization. that uh, So its affiliate members get funding from the CCHD. In 2016, the CCHD actually gave the, the entire affiliate a $500,000 grant. Mm. But the fact of the matter is this is one of the oldest and longest reigning networks of organizations that the Catholic Campaign for Human Development gives to. Uh, the others are like the Industrial Areas Foundation, the Gamaliel Foundation. Uh, there's one called DART. Um, and, and so they have all sorts of affiliate members that get funding from the CCHD. But Faith in Action, I believe, is the largest of all of them. Uh, it was created in 1972 by a couple of Jesuits. So, you know, uh, draw your own conclusions. The... Um, the network faith in action over the so back in 2020 we actually exposed the fact that this organization was electioneering on behalf of joe biden and several other democrat candidates mm -hmm. we also pointed out that they were promoting abortion and transgender activi uh, activities and the cchd came back and they they gave this internal memo saying 
oh, what the Lepanto Institute is doing is inflammatory and they're just trying to drum up support and, and, and attack the good works of the CCHD. We stand with faith in action. We stand with this organization because they do all this wonderful stuff wow. and we're going to continue funding faith in action. Well, guess what? This summer, uh, June 24th, the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned, faith in action as a network went out, put out a press release and said, we denounce we slam this Supreme Court decision and we stand with the fight for abortion as a right. So the Catholic Campaign for Human Development has a rule that says CCHD will not fund groups that are knowingly members of coalitions that have as part as their organizational purpose or coalition agenda positions or actions that contradict fundamental Catholic moral and social teaching. And then they give examples like promotion of abortion, same-sex marriage, euthanasia, that kind of thing. We have hypocrisy. Yeah. But we, we, one of the things that we did when we were putting together this report was to find out what are, what are the coalition affiliates of these groups? And we, so faith in action was one that we, we busted. Um, but there are several other coalitions that these organizations are members of, like the Hispanic Federation Network, which is just absolutely vile and disgusting. Um, they act, they came out with a position saying that they were fighting for abortion rights. But before that, they had been putting on an annual LGBTQ festival that was so vile. And, and believe me, I mean, I had to do the research, which means I had to know exactly what I was talking about so that i wasn't making stuff up uh i watched their retrospective videos where they showed clips from their uh their past festivals and they were they were vomit inducing um it was really some of the most disgusting stuff i'd ever seen um they have several members who who are receiving funding from the catholic campaign for human development there are groups like the national day laborers N-D-L-O-N, National Day Laborers Organizing Network, uh, which is socialist. It's it's uh, promoting abortion, promoting LGBT activism, that kind of thing. We have a number of these network affiliates that we have been finding, all of which have members of the CCHD or, or grantees of the CCHD that are among their members. Um, and, and of course, we have the direct action of certain groups as well. And I can give you a few examples of those if you want me to. Let me ask you a question, Mike. To me, it seems like if federal legislation, probably through the Democrat Party, gives the USCCB tons of money every year, and they but they tell them, by the way, we'll give you this money, but uh, and you can keep some of it, you know, for your, you know, to, to for your budget, but you need to some of this has to trickle down to some of these other organizations, and we'll tell you who. You think that's the way it works? You think the, the 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 federal government through the Democrat legislation is washing their money through the USCCB and then it trickles down to these organizations? It's possible. I can't prove it, but I can say this. Um, if you Did you see the, the movie 2000 Mules? Yes. So I watched it as well. And what interested me the most was the uh, the network... Uh, locations because they were talking about community organizing groups that were the ones that were handing right. out ballots that were going around and, and their people were distributing ballots. Faith in action mm -hmm. grabbed my attention because that was one of the things that I highly suspect that they were a part of. Uh, they were really involved 
in voter drives, trying to go out and register people for the vote and that kind of thing. But when I saw what they were doing with their electioneering and their activism, um, I, I highly suspect that if uh, the, the organizers of that, of that film were to divulge some of the addresses, we would find faith in action network organizations that were involved mm -hmm. in that in that mule program. Mike, what, what, what this tells me, your investigation is that there's a people in high places in our church that know all this, that this is happening and they choose to, to turn a blind eye to this. They know that these organizations are involved in culture of death activities. And uh, I, I mean, it, I, I think it's a fair statement to say that the, the CCHD itself, they don't even follow their own set of rules that govern them, do they? No, not at all. Uh, we know of one organization, at least, uh, the Chicago Workers Collaborative, was formally defunded publicly by the CCHD in 2013. Hmm. Uh, there, were, there were a series of articles that went out. Chicago Tribune reported about it. Um, Truthout.org reported about it. Uh, even Cardinal George gave a public statement about the whole situation. Um, the, the organization, the, the Chicago Workers Collaborative, was a member of, you know, I read you the rule. You're not allowed to be part of a coalition that does X, Y, or Z. Uh, they were a member of an organization called the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. And that organization had taken a formal position in favor of same-sex marriage. So... Chicago Workers Collaborative and seven other CCHD grantees were told you either leave the coalition or you lose your CCHD funding, which is it? And the Chicago Workers Collaborative very publicly said, eh, we don't need you guys. We're going to stick it out with this coalition. Well, okay. They lost their funding. They, they were told you can't receive funding anymore. Cardinal George very publicly said they, they lost their funding. They're not going to get it anymore. And that, that was 2013. They suddenly got a grant again in 2019 mm. and again in 2020, which is the most recent grants list. And I, I was wondering, well, maybe they left the coalition. So I looked and sure enough, they're listed as a dues paying member of the ICIRR and on social media, the Chicago Workers Collaborative is up there saying, hey, we're so happy to be a member of the ICIRR. We're proud of our relationship with them, et cetera, et cetera. So they're still a member. And CCHD knows that they're a member because they defunded them for this very particular reason. ICIRR never changed its position on same-sex marriage. In fact, it has doubled down and continued to perpetuate a cross-pollination of immigrant and refugee issues with LGBTQ activism. And then on top of that, they took a formal position in favor of abortion. So why would the CCHD continue to give money to this organization knowing fully well that it is not in compliance with its own rules? So, and, and it's not an accident. They talk about all the time how they have this thorough and rigorous vetting process. If it's so thorough and vigorous, how did this skate by? And how do we keep finding organizations like it that are routinely in violation of CCHD grant guidelines? And the only answer we can come to is they don't care about the rules. They're going to jump over the rules whenever they want to. And they're going to continue to tell people, oh, we have these rules and, and we're in compliance and we're good Catholics and you should give us money. Mike, I think that's one, fraud. Is there one bishop that's that oversees the, the, the CCHD? 
or is it a lay person or is it a, a body of bishops? Who's who's the person that ultimately, you know, signs the check for the CCHD to these organizations? So Ralph McLeod is the executive director of the Catholic Campaign for Human Development at the He's, a lay, person. He's a lay person, right? He's a lay person. Um, he has a boss, and I don't know who the current director for justice, peace, and social development is at the USCCB, but that's his boss. Got it. That guy answers to the subcommittee of bishops, which is appointed by the USCCB every three years. Currently, the uh, the chairman of the CCHD's subcommittee is a bishop, uh, Bishop O'Connell from um, from uh, Los Angeles. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, I, so, yeah, San Gabriel, San Gabriel region, yeah. Yep. So he's so that's the, that's the structure. But I, in, in terms of any one person being in charge, uh, it's it's mm. it's it's like any bureaucracy. Yeah, they make it complicated to find uh, the person that, that, who's guilty of all this. Michael, how can people read the report? And uh, what's what website do they go to to read this report? All the information that you just documented on the CCHD. If they go to our website, lepantoin.org, if you uh, have a screen here, you can see it on the screen, lepanto, L-E-P-A-N-T-O-I-N.org. And the report is right there. It's one of the uh, first articles that pops up. It says CCHD report. Just go there and you can see the whole thing. Good job, Mike. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Keep up the good work, my friend. And we'll see you real soon. Thanks, Jesse. God bless you and God bless your audience. You got it, buddy. God bless you too. We'll pick it up on the next topic, Donald Trump. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The Terry and Jesse Show, we just had Michael Hitchborn. If you want to get information on the corruption that's come that, that's coming through the CCHD, the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, go to LepantoInstitute.org, LepantoInstitute.org. He's got a well-documented report that took him months to put together, and he goes meticulously through all the players, all the monies, and what they're doing with the monies, these uh, nonprofits, these NGOs. They're all involved in abortion, LGBT ideology, contraception, and these other culture of death issues. So if you want to be informed, go to LepantoInstitute.org. And he's got his latest report on the CCHD. Hey, a lot of people are always talking about, well, people on the left, you know, uh, people that just uh, that have really just have hate in their heart. They're always talking about how evil the orange man is, Donald Trump. I want to play a video of a of a black female who's homeless and she started squatting at one of Donald Trump's hotels in downtown New York a couple of years ago. And she was caught by management. They called the police and the police called Donald Trump. You're not going to believe what happens. You have to hear this story. You're going to think I'm making this up, but see, these are things that people don't know about Donald Trump. People will never hear stories like this in the mainstream media about Donald Trump. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? Oh, they don't want stories like this getting out. You won't ever see this on the mainstream news, but why? Hi, everybody. 
I am a squatter in Donald Trump's building, Trump Tower, in New York City. As you can see, I'm in my pajamas. Uh, there's Central Park right there. And that tall building is the Essex House on Central Park West near 59th Street. I came in here about nine years ago and snuck in the building and just started occupying one of the empty rooms in here. By the time a housekeeper noticed I was here the next day she called the manager and they called the New York City Police. Who came up here and told me I had to leave or I would be arrested. When I told them I would not go, they contacted Mr. Trump over the phone and he came down here. Instead of him evicting me off the property, he said that I can stay. And it's been eight years I've been here. Huh? Not only did he not evict me off the property, he makes sure that I get eight, three meals a day by room service and that I get a delivery of fresh flowers every week. Mm. So you people, not a bad guy at all. If it weren't for him, I'd be homeless. I'd be dead right now. I'd be in the street. I asked him how am I going to pay him back for all of this and he told me I can pay him back whenever I get it, which is never. I have no idea why he did this for me. It's been nine years and I've been here for totally free and I haven't paid a dime. Donald Trump is not a bad guy. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. And everything I'm telling you today is true. Goodbye. Now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Donald oh. Trump wins the presidency. All the boys for Trump, yelling mega. All the girls for Trump, yelling mega. But I thought Trump hated black people. I thought Trump was a bad guy. I thought Big Orange was the most racist man on earth. But I didn't say it. She said it. That's a black woman. And God bless her soul. I don't know what she's been through. I don't know what you've been through. We all go through trials and tribulations that I can't put into context why God allows those things to happen. But it's to serve his purpose, to serve his kingdom. But God bless Big 45, Donald J. Trump, for being a, a giving good Samaritan and allowing her to just survive, allowing her to live 
rent-free with, with flowers and meals and, and making sure she was good. He could have easily said he could have been a, a stuck-up rich prick, but he said, you know what? I'm going to let her stay because it's not hurting me. We got an empty room. She's been there already. Let her stay. Let her take care of business how she needs to right now during these difficult times. And if you hadn't heard it before, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And this woman was fed up with pe people saying all sorts of nasty things about a man who saved her for eight years. And still people will try to twist it in, in the media. Matter of fact, they won't even put this on the media. They'll still try to paint the picture like uh, this This is fake and, and all that nonsense. But Trump could have mentioned what he did for this woman a bunch of times. You know, he's interviewed nonstop, but he didn't because he was just out there to be a good person. And in my eyes, he, he always comes through for the American people. And the media, they just likes to, they like to make it seem like he's, he's the worst thing on earth when he's not. And shame on CNN and MSDNC and, and ABC and all those. CNN won't even touch this one. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm glad this never showed up on Commie News Network because it's more proof of how facts don't come to play in their reporting or journalism. Matter of fact, stories like this right here is why the media and social networks and the Democrat Party as a whole, most people over there are some of the most disgusting human beings on the planet, in my personal opinion and you may take that personal maybe you got some looking in the mirror and some uh reflection time that you need to go through but they're so scared of truth and facts that they will lie to the entire world to prevent the truth from being told to prevent stories like this getting out and it's i think that's the most racist thing that you could possibly do anybody who claims racist 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 and keeps pointing the the finger at somebody else usually they need to look in the mirror and it's them that's looking at people based on color it's them that doesn't acknowledge that there's one race the human race and we all bleed red god didn't make mistakes you are what you are man or woman black white green purple asian for whatever for whatever reason it is you are what you are you should love that you should embrace that because you're alive you can breathe in life and you're blessed to be here thank the lord i was instilled with the value that actions always speak louder than words you can talk as much game and nonsense that you want to but if you're not delivering if you're not coming out in the open and actually uh exhibiting what you say you're gonna do then <laughs> then you ain't really about that life then you're not a true authentic person and you can hate trump's words all you want but you you got to at least love his actions. He always came through and delivered on the things that he said he would do. The truth shall set you free. And don't y'all love how it always comes out in the open. It always gets aired out down the line at some point, whether it's you seeing this now for the first time, just like myself, or a, a news network maybe picks it up down the line. It always gets unveiled at some point. And I think this is the most moving story that I've ever heard about Donald Trump. And there probably are hundreds of stories like that that he doesn't feel the need to talk about. He doesn't have to because out, out of the kindness of his heart, he's just taking care of people. He's just doing what God placed him on this earth to do. Is he perfect? Are you perfect? Am I? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Only Jesus Christ is. So you got to recognize that we all have a past. We've all made mistakes and said things and done things that we would love to take back. But it's part of our journey. And as long as you acknowledge the wrongs that you've done or are doing and take steps necessary to move forward and evolve and progress down the line and, and every day that you walk from now on, that's all you could do. That's all God wants you to do is, is strive to, to be the best person you could be to, to recognize that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, most importantly, and love God and love other people. Love your neighbor as yourself, the golden rule. But a lot of people, they say they love their neighbor, but when it comes down to it, would, would anybody else in the political realm do this sort of thing right here? I know most people in the in the political realm don't even have, they don't have a Trump Towers. Like he, he built his wealth outside of politics as a businessman, taking care of business, handling things in the real world and grinding how, you know, everybody should be out there to do. Capitalism is a blessing. It's a beautiful thing. 
And he didn't have to do this whatsoever, but he did. He didn't care what you look like. He said, you're going through a struggle sometime right now. I got you. Don't even worry about it. But hey, I could rant all day long. I want to hear your thoughts and opinions on this one. Comment them down below. Let's keep this conversation rolling. If you agree, disagree. I don't know how you could disagree with uh, a warm-hearted story like this. Something's wrong with you if you don't get down with real-life stories like this. I don't know what's going on in your world, but I'm proud. This was an amazing video. You have, this is a, a young black uh, conservative Protestant podcaster, and I thought it was worth putting him on because of what he discovered. A black female homeless who was squatting in one of Donald Trump's hotel rooms in New York. And uh, you heard her in her own words. She says uh, that Donald Trump allows her to live there for free. She's been living there for nine years for free. Uh, she said in her own words, that Donald Trump feeds her three meals a day. Donald Trump sends her flowers every month. She says if it wasn't for living there, because of his benevolence, for free. Donald Trump says, yeah, you can pay me whenever you get a job. She goes, I haven't paid him anything in nine years. Again, you're never going to hear about this good news Donald Trump story in the mainstream media because of the false narrative by the left that Trump's a racist. <laughs> really? How many of you have let a homeless black woman live for free one day in one of your bedrooms. Probably none of us. I've heard many stories like this from my friends in New York about Donald Trump's kindness and benevolence. But again, this is never reported by the mainstream media. Why? Because once he became pro-life, and once he left the Democrat Party, the left globalist elites have now made their personal vendetta to destroy him and cancel him. The left looks at Donald Trump as a Judas, the betrayer, who's committed the unpardonable sin, and they're going to use all their power, the mainstream media, big tech, big pharma, the Hollywood Academy, the World Economic Forum, academia, they're going to use all their power to try to squash this man. Hey, but you know what? Our faith is in Jesus Christ, nonetheless. It's not in politics. Politics is just a tool. Jesus is the answer. St. Father Pio says, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and God will hear your prayer. Here at the Terry and Jesse Show, we're just putting the, the spotlight of truth upon this culture of death. And we will keep firing missiles of truth against the wall of lies until Christ comes again. Pray America great again. God bless you. Keep the faith. We'll see you next time.